Good morning, party people, and welcome to episode 10. That's right, one, zero of Disrupt You. My name is Lachey Mathis, and I'm so excited to be hosting today. And along with me is the one, the only... This is the boat captain of the Suez Canal boat that unfortunately got stuck. Uh, I am sorry for everything that I've done, but uh, we're going to get it unstuck. This is a PR disaster. Get off my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so as you guys all know, if you are a frequent listener, that is obviously Dr. Dustin York. But we also have someone very exciting joining us today. Um, I'm not going to introduce him. He's going to introduce himself. The one and only... (laughs) Good morning or good afternoon to whoever is listening, but my name is Blake Huster. I am a third year cybersecurity uh, senior um, that will be graduating in May. We wanted to bring Blake onto the show today to get the perspective of somebody who's not wearing skinny jeans, not using the crying laughing emoji, a true Gen Zer. Blake, do you feel like you can represent that population for us today? You know, I'll try my best. I'm not <laughs> going to say I'll represent everybody, but I hope to represent a majority. Beautiful. We are so excited to have you. So if you are just now tuning in to Disrupt You for the first time, let me break it down what we talk about. So we at Disrupt You talk about Gen Z disrupting universities, hence the U and the Disrupt, millennials disrupting the workplace, and just different innovation within higher education. So today we want to kind of just see, Blake, we love that you have listened previously to the show. So thank you for coming on today. Have we talked about anything that you were like, oh, I got to get my opinion up in here? Yeah, so there's a couple things that um, really I was really thinking about after the show as well. And a couple things I know Dustin York has talked about this a little bit, but just how much a university is kind of like a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and whoa, a- everybody, do you hear this? Yeah. <laughs> there is a Gen Z or say university is like a business. <laughs> That's they right. Tell yeah. the truth right now, tell it, Blake. Lay it down on yeah. us. Why? Why is this the case? Yeah. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. So a little bit of my background is as not only am I a residential assistant, so I'm seeing the res life side at my university, but I also worked um, as a work study student in the office of admissions. So I oversaw all of our campus visits. Um, so I got to see that recruitment process a lot, and so something that we use a lot in the recruitment process is called leads or opportunities and how we get these students information so we can start converting them to come to the university. Well, when I was really thinking about that process, I was thinking about the fact that really the conversion is not getting them to deposit and come to our university. That conversion Mm -hmm. should be when they walk walk across the stage Mm -hmm. um, and accept that diploma. And I think every semester should be a different opportunity for us to try to get them to the next semester. I mean, Mm. when I talk to some of my fellow students that are like physical therapy majors, and I'm sure you all could answer this too. What year's the hardest year as a physical therapy major fourth year? Well, why aren't we, if we know fourth year, first semester is always the most difficult. Why aren't we putting more resources into fourth year, first semester to make sure Mm. that we get them to the next semester and convert them to graduation? Absolutely. So that's one that I'm really passionate about. The other one was that I was really interested in, um, (laughs) which I haven't mentioned before, is just this resort idea for res halls. I mean, living in a res hall, um, just really interesting. I mean, I just think about a water park in my res hall is all I'm thinking about. So that's all I care about. But that's the only piece (laughs) I have about that. Yeah, no, I, I'm surprised Dustin didn't just sound his alarm thing. Oh, he's like, whoa, 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 I can't do it. But I'm all for it. it. <laughs> Listen, I'm all for the resort. I want 
dorms. I want some dorms, not all the dorms. I want certain right. dorms to have res halls and uh, water parks and movie theaters. Here's why, though. The reason I want it is actually a diversity inclusion angle. That's the reason I want it. Mm-hmm. Because we know that the top uh, uh, financial 1% of families in the United States pay more college than the bottom 60%. So right. if we can offer some students you know, these luxury resort opportunities, obviously the, we're profiting a lot off of that kind of, we're gonna, the price of that is going to, we're gonna make a lot of money. Then we can then pay for scholarships for full-time scholarships, part-time scholarships for underrepresented individuals. I think people get hated on that. I've seen like um, some late night shows, hate on college. Like the University of Texas has like a lazy river in the shape of the state of Texas. And they got oh hated. Oh, why are you <laughs> buying this kind of thing, right? Why are you, you're a university. This has huge ramifications, Like I'm all for it. What else do you want? I want a lazy river. What else do you want in your, your uh, dream resort dorm? I want an underground tunnel yeah. for Disney World. <laughs> oh, man, I'm a, I'm a big Disney fan, y'all. I love that you all love Disney. I, I, I got to do the Disney World experience um, through our university. Top tier, y'all. Top big tier. tier. Um, what else would you like big- in your dorm? Oh, that's, that's difficult. I think, you know, just some more of those amenities that we would see, like you said, a movie theater, I think just more of those opportunities to kind of maybe like a full kitchen, depending on where you're coming from, and maybe more like that apartment style living as well. Mm -hmm. But with some of those different luxuries, as far as like, maybe like some self-care areas. I know that's a big thing right now, especially yeah. during the pandemic. Think how you, how much the pandemic would have been different if you had a spa in the basement of your, of your <laughs> res hall. Like Ooh. I would never have to worry about anything. Love I that. also wonder what that looks like in general. Like if we have just a built, like regardless of a pandemic or not putting a spa into a res hall, I'm here for it. Blake, I want to <laughs> ask you a question about your first point, your first point on the mission side. Um, so I came up, I'm, I'm from the kind of marketing world. That's where I, I kind of came up in that communication piece and to get millennials, it was figured out, right. It was changed from gen X to millennials, right. to sell the millennials, cars, college, anything kind of fit into a couple categories. It was FOMO. It was experiential, right? So mm-hmm. Millennials want to spend more on experiences than products. And yep. it was this selling products based on like values, right? Mm-hmm. Leading into values. What are you seeing? I know you're not into market communication, but are you just as a Gen Z, how, mm-hmm. how can we sell to you, especially college, but really anything? What do you, yeah. what do you think? What's most important? Yeah, I think you really nailed it on the head with the experience thing. And I think I see that whenever I'm out on tour as well. You know, what am I gaining other than an education? What I'm so interested about, especially on doing university tours, is the questions are never really about our academics. I mean, maybe we just cover it really well, but they know they're getting a good education, usually right. where they're going. Or, or you know, they know they're getting a degree. Okay, what else does my money go, go towards? Like, mm-hmm. and where am I getting the most for the amount of money that I'm paying. And so I think that really feeds into that other part of having like, you know, these luxury res halls or at least these different opportunities. I think even if you didn't want to do like one res hall that is super expensive Mm -hmm. with a ton of amenities, like, you know, um, a really five-star hotel, I think if each one of them offers different amenities, I think that's really going to be a huge selling point for universities because, you know, we also talk about student life a lot. What are those opportunities outside the classroom? And I can say, 
from my perspective, I think for me going to university where mm-hmm. I gained just as much experience or education outside the classroom was super important um, as much as the great degree that I got inside the classroom as well. So yeah, I got a great cyber degree, but I gained so many different leadership skills, um, marketing, communication, so many different opportunities from admissions that I worked in um, that I really think made every dollar that I spent to come to this university worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Um, when you think about you're getting ready to graduate. So mm-hmm. I like to say, I don't want to freak you out, but I like to say what happens after you graduate is like you hit this like wall of like the six month, like, oh snap, because it's the first time in your life that you are leading by your own compass, your own timeline, because the rest of your life has been like school, summer break, school, summer break. Um, how are you feeling about, you know, getting ready to graduate? Do you feel like, I feel like I have really great skills here, but I am missing skills here. Like, what do you know how to do your taxes? Like, how are you feeling about becoming an adult officially? Um, no, yes. Um, I, it has set in that I'm like, oh, like five weeks away. Like it's just five weeks, four weeks now, I think somewhere right around there. And I'm like, then I walk across the stage and it's like, you walk across the stage, virtual stage or whatever stage that you're walking across. And you're like, and then it's the end. And you're like, I picture me just standing outside, you know, like, okay, (laughs) now what's next. But (laughs) I, I do think what's been great is I've learned a lot about myself and a lot about my skills and Mm -hmm. my strengths. Um, and so I think I am more prepared than I think I am. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just really nailing down what I want to do, um, and where those skills take me. I think you guys have talked about this a lot. I remember you saying something about really, what is it? Jobs are like three years now. And I could see that, you know, Mm -hmm. I can see that even in my own mindset, I, I, it's hard for me to picture staying at one job, maybe for 30 or 40 years, just because I feel like that. Yeah, I think I want to do so many different things. And, you know, unless it's a, it's a, you know, a job where I can move around and move up constantly, I think you're only going to keep me for three to five years, because that's where I think my potential is. I've given everything that I've, and I think a perfect example is in student life, you know, they asked me to, I was a program coordinator for a a large university event. And they said, why don't you keep it for the next year? I gave my all, I gave my ideas. Why, mm. why wouldn't I let somebody else come right. in and give their ideas or their perspective? I, I've given my all. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's awesome. how I kind of see it in the job world too. Yeah, I think that's a great way to have a, a perspective. I don't think a lot of people do have that. I think, um, I also like that you're like, hey, like I already did, I gave my all to it. Like, why can't somebody else like get in here and do this? Because a lot of people are like, well, I did my, I did awesome. So I'm just gonna do it again because I did awesome the first time around. Um, I have another thought, but Dustin, if you have anything like that, you're like, I got to ask this right now, anything on your brain. <clears throat> hey, like, I want to ask you. So first of all, kudos to you for four, three years, right? Yeah. Kudos to you. <laughs> I want to, my question is, since it's three years, you basically lived through COVID education, kind of your mm. junior and senior year almost, right? Yeah. Since it's this kind of three-year kind of piece. So as someone that has gone through the the crust of this and the big portions of COVID disrupting education. What do you think works? What doesn't work on virtual, right? Entertainment has changed because of COVID. 
uh, shopping has changed. Everything's changed. School has obviously changed, right? It's never mm -hmm. going back to the way it used to. But what do you think has worked? What doesn't work because of virtual and, and things that we're going through right now? Yeah, the first thing I'll say is let's stop doing virtual comedians. And I'm sorry to all my comedians <laughs> out there. I'm, I really am. But um, I remember early on when we just moved out for the pandemic, we had we had a comedian come in virtually and one we're in a pandemic. So there's not really much to laugh about, especially in like those early months. And the second part was I'm watching it on my phone. And then I finally like, you know how you kind of move outside of your body, like you kind of are on the yes. outside view and you're like, I'm literally sitting in my room by myself watching a comedian just laughing. Like, <laughs> this is not okay. I was like, this is not okay. I need to go do something. Um, but what I will say is kudos to all the universities that have just adapted so much in the past year. I think in those first month or two, that was a struggle. I mean, that mm -hmm. was a struggle to just yeah. hop on Zoom and just, I mean, it was still, I mean, we see this problem, I'm sure in the classroom is like, nobody wants you to just read off your PowerPoint slides in the classroom. Right. And I think in the first two months, people were just kind of running around everywhere. And so we saw that a little bit, but what I've seen in the past couple months um, is something that I don't think will ever leave, or I hope that doesn't leave. This new type of education um, really fits the way of life that I like to live. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's a lot of college students are like this and a lot of millennials and Gen Z's are like this in the sense that like, we want it to be on our own time and we wanna be able to be flexible um, and be able to do what we want when we want it. You know, if I don't wanna physically, for me, sometimes physically sitting in the classroom for an hour and 15 minutes, that's just one thing I'm doing. When I'm back in my dorm room, I can listen to your lecture and clean my room or, you know, do other things. I know that's not always great because we need to be focusing and, you know, interacting and different stuff like that. But also at the same time, I think a lot of us are like that. We're not just wanting to sit down and do one thing at a time. We're always moving and um, in a fast paced world now. So I think what we've seen is something that probably is going to need to be adapted a little bit more, but probably will stick around, or at least I hope it does. Yeah. What I hear from you, Blake, there is, you know, it, it, I think it just depends is not everyone's in one boat. I think which was, was the old way of doing it. Like, okay, you take online classes, you take on ground classes, you right. take, right. I, I love what you're saying of this, like blended piece. And you may choose one class has mm -hmm. a different approach than a completely other class. You're taking the, at the same semester, right? You may right. say this one, I'm more virtual. This one, I'm more on campus. Like, is that kind of, if I'm, am I hearing that right? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to name drop too much, but a great thing that I've done outside of my university studying is I'm a big fan of Salesforce. Um, so I'm, I'm sure a lot of people use Salesforce. So Salesforce has something called Trailhead. I don't know if anybody's. Mm -hmm. um, so I am up to my last rank right now. I'm working on my last badges. That mm -hmm. style of learning, I think, is going to be something that we should replicate at universities. The fact that you're so they speaking, call it, you're speaking Dustin's language. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, this is this is not like pre predetermined. <laughs> Blake is just speaking Dustin's language. <laughs> yeah. Tell us, Blake. Tell us. Yeah. So, I, if you guys haven't checked out Salesforce or Trailhead, um, check it out a little bit so you kind of understand everything I'm talking about. But basically, the way that they do teaching is it's all on your own time. And it's kind of like a game almost like you score points, you get badges. You kind of feel like that good, like 
Cub Scout or like, you know, those Boy Scout, Girl Scout, getting your badges and everything. Um, and then the piece that I really love about that is they have modules that they have built out and they think, you know, mm -hmm. they say, if you want to learn about this, learn about this, but you know, this is a great right. group. But then you're like, I found that, man, I really love designing like in Salesforce. Mm -hmm. I love designing new programs and stuff. So I go through and pick different ones and I make my own trail mix. And that's yeah. something that I get to learn on my own speed that I like to learn about. And then what it does, and I can link it to LinkedIn, um, which I've done, and I can put it on my resumes, which I know you guys think are going to be gone in five years. Um, <laughs> but I can link that to my LinkedIn and say, these are the skills, these hard skills that I've actually right. learned about Salesforce. Um, and so I think we should do that for all sorts of things at different universities, you know, mm -hmm. not, you know, Yes, we have our degree, but then breaking it down. And I think a lot of different universities are working on that credential system, but kind of that learning at your own speed and be able to pick off things. Because man, I even think about, you know, in the past three years, I, I do love communications and I kind of do love these other different things, but that's just not an opportunity. It's not in my degree planning sheet. Like I really don't have the luxury, especially with how much you're paying to go to a university. I could take those classes. But really, when you think about it from the money side and different things, I really have this set timeline. So I really can't just pick and choose like, um, you know, you cut on a trailhead or a Salesforce. And so kudos to them. I think they've done a really great job. And I think, you know, I hope universities kind of take after what they've done, because I think I'll, we'd be able to pick up a lot more students, a lot more for the future of students um, and be able to get them an education and hopefully it easier access too. Yeah. Blake, if you were to go back like right now, like let's say you were a senior in high school in this moment, getting ready to dive in, um, would you, would you gravitate towards the idea? Like remember you're a senior, maybe your maybe your high school isn't doing a trail mix kind of thing. Like, would you gravitate towards a school that had that and be like, yeah, my degree is going to be in, I don't know. It wouldn't be general studies. It would be like, it would be in, it would, my ears, not your bachelor's isn't in trail mixing, but like if the, the degree was like, Hey, we are actually piloting a brand new program. You will get certificate. Your, your, your focuses will be Salesforce, Google and Apple or whatever. Is that something that it, it and your certifications will be here and that's how you'd graduate. Or would you be like, Oh, let me keep it more traditional. Cause I know what that looks like. Like, how do you think that you would feel going into that? I think it would take a lot of marketing um, to make it applicable to high school students, mm -hmm. because I think we already see this now where high school students are like, I, I have to do the traditional four years, you know? Right. And I'm going to major in college, psychology. Yes. Yeah. And once you get to college, you're like, oh, there is no traditional route right. to college. Like, obviously, like I finished in three years. Some people finish in five years. You know, some people have five and a half year um, degrees. Right. Like it's all different. And so I think also getting this to trickle down to high schools and saying, you know, you're not a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, that doesn't happen here. Like mm -hmm. it's your own path already. You get to design your own path already. Right. I think knowing what I know now, I would gravitate towards that because, you know, we talk about universities preparing you for the, the job field. Well, why aren't we, why aren't we doing Salesforce? If, yeah. if Salesforce is the number one CRM customer relations management software, then why aren't we, why aren't we having this in the classroom? Right. Um, and so, Yes, I, I think I would gravitate towards that knowing that now, because in my idea, I still get a degree in cybersecurity. Let's just take me, for example, right. but under that umbrella, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of badges, and then you pick which ones you want to get mm -hmm. to your 128 credit hours or whatever you need. Right. 
then when you leave, you say, yeah, I have a degree in cybersecurity. They certified that I'm prepared to go out in the field. When I get out into the field, I know that I like database design um, mm -hmm. and mobile forensics. And that is what I have taken the extra coursework in. And that's what yeah. I really am advanced in. And so I, I think I would like to see that. And yeah, I would I love that. towards that. And Blake, why that. can't we? I mean, we, you can get a one credit hour to prove that you know how to use Excel. Like that's the thing. Right. Plot test and you can say, I, I know how to use Excel. Here's one. Why can't you do that for Salesforce? Right. Why can't you do that for Google Analytics or any other of these? Like, hey, I proved, here's my trailhead. I've proven to you. Hey, school, give me a credit. Right. 100%. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. We leave a few more minutes for episode today, our season finale. Dustin, are there any other questions you are dying to ask Blake about? I got one question for you, Blake. All right, here we right. go. I know we're talking about uh, future stuff on this show. I want to hear, I want to hear about you though, right? Because college is a fun time, right? There's a lot of memories. There's also like this weird balance between like hustle, like career. There's also like, hey, memories the, you know 90 percent mm -hmm. of my memories of college aren't from a classroom <laughs> aren't from a career or whatnot. <laughs> it's like shenanigans at one o'clock in the morning or something right Correct. so my question for you is if you were going to talk to your freshman self kind of coming back to Lachey's question of that kind of senior high school or even like your freshman first first week at at uh, college what would you tell your Blake self in that first mm. week? yeah that's that's a difficult but great question. I think I would just um, tell myself that I, you know, I'm from out of town, not far, but um, from out of town. So I didn't know a lot about the university or anything about that. I think we're a lot, a lot of us, there were 648 of us that were in the same boat. Like we're all in that same boat of awkwardness of like, we don't know what's going on. We don't know where that classroom is, you know, and also just saying, you know, this is your own path. Like, do with it what you want. Um, mm -hmm. I remember walking in and I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything else but going to class, studying, going to class. That was it. And then I'm like, but there's so many other opportunities to take advantage of. You know, like I said, that whole second education outside the classroom and that student experience is so big. And so I would just tell myself to jump in even earlier, especially yeah. since I decided at year two, when I really realized that I was like, oh, I'm finishing year three. Like I've made it. I've squeezed it in. Year three, we're done. And so I, even though it took me just eight weeks to really get jumped into the university, I, I think I would have rather just started week one and had that personality that I've always had and just really shown that personality mm -hmm. and not been nervous about what other people think or different stuff like that. Just really jump in right off the bat. Yeah. Thinking about um, our students that are coming in that's have done a their senior year through COVID and everybody their junior year, whatever coming in. Um, I, I'm thinking like, I know they're like kind of worried about getting involved because they've never seen it before. Um, so I think that's really great advice to be like, look, just like dive in because you know, it's, it goes so fast, right? I mean, you're graduating in, in three years and whether someone's at a, a PT that's a six year program or they're whatever, that's a four year program. I think that's such great advice to give to anybody. Um, to just dive in because I think people are like, oh, I'll just do it later. And then suddenly you're like, wait, I'm a second year student now. So yeah, that's great. All right, Blake, do you have any questions for us? You're like, you guys are out there in the world. I have questions. <laughs> um, are you are you guys seeing what we're kind of seeing as millennials and Gen Zs like in the workforce? Is it is it becoming more of a disc? 
connect? Like, are you guys seeing us merge together and working together? Are you seeing, I'm thinking from a leadership standpoint, if I'm in a manager's position and I have ages, you know, 18 all the way up to like 55, getting ready to retire, like as a leader, from a leadership model, how do you communicate effectively to all those people? It's just my kind of wonder. Yeah. Dustin, you want to take that one first? Yeah, I think depending on the organization, the more progressive mm-hmm. organizations I figured out, there was a big change come from Gen X to millennials where there was this leadership disconnect on, hey, these people don't care about the salary position anymore, like the big titles and working here for 20 years and being a VP mm-hmm. and doing that, Blake, what you're talking about, right? You want to change, you want to change the pace. Gen Z is even more of that, right? Mm-hmm. So they had they haven't figured out millennials perfectly yet. Now they got Gen Z eventually right. coming up and being in these levels. I think mm-hmm. it's one, it's leaning into values and communicating them constantly, right? The organization has to say, hey, this is what we value. May yep. make some people up angry, but in order to keep people here, we have to message our values. And I think what, what you're saying is we got to think of different structures than, hey, you've been mm-hmm. here 10 years and you get this. And then you get this, right. like, I'm going to leave. <laughs> like, right. I got to feel like I'm doing something new mm-hmm. and whatnot. And that's hard though, right? From a leadership yeah. standard, it's hard to just constantly creating a new uh, carrot at the end of the stick. But right. it's something that a lot a lot of the this generation and your generation is, is wanting. Yeah. And I think to go along with that is that, yes, the values, um, but also like I, I remember I called my dad once and I was like, hey, like, I'm like feeling burnt out. Like my dad served in the military for 30 years. Both my parents were in the military for 25 to 30 years. And I was like, I'm feeling burnt out. My dad was like, gotta push through. <laughs> and as opposed to now people are like, I'm feeling burnt out. I think I'm going to like, I think I'm going to actually shift careers right now. Like, and it, and so like, I think just having very open communication, like that's what I appreciate about uh, like leadership that I've been around has been like, look, I know we're all kind of feeling this. Let's like work through this. And people that I feel like have that open communication and aren't afraid to be like, Hey, what's going on with you is what I'm seeing people be more successful as opposed to people being like, everything's perfect. Everything's wonderful. Our organization is the bomb never leave. Right. And so I think um, as much as people, I just want to be like, Oh, I go to work and I check out, like you spend most of your time there. Like you see people at your job more than you see your family or your dogs or your cats, whatever. So um, I think you know, people that are like in an open environment are gonna probably swim as if, as opposed to people that are not, their, their organizations are gonna sink for a little bit. So yeah, well, great. Any last minute questions that you're like, oh my gosh, I have to ask this before I get off. I, I think I'm good. I, I, this has been so much fun. I, it's really <laughs> been such an honor. Well, we are so excited to have you. Thank you, Blake. Yeah, this was a great last episode of our season one. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this season, and we can't wait to see you next time. Goodbye.